Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome to our morning Bible study. We are so pleased that you can join us. Before we get into the word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for everything that you've been doing in our lives, Lord. I just thank you for your guidance and correction in our course, Lord, so that we, we can keep on the straight and narrow, Lord, and make it into heaven, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you that you give us people to help us along our path, Lord, so that way we aren't stumbling around, Lord, but that way we can continue to go in there quickly, not having to backtrack and come back onto the path multiple times, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to our, well, at this time, continued study in Romans. We're on chapter 8, and actually there was more, there were more things that the Holy Spirit wanted to share. So we are going to continue with the same, uh, or reread the same set of scriptures as the previous day, right? Previous episode. So, um, you're, you're not at the wrong episode if you're <laughs> continuing on with us. So, this is a continuation, a part two, as it were, of Romans 8, verses 18 through 25. So, yeah, can John, I get a, I'm, I'm guessing that most of the listeners by now know that it's very tough for us to get through one section in <laughs> one um, podcast. So, absolutely. And, and, Especially with this section, I don't, we have gone through quite a bit just in chapter eight. Um, there have been quite a few episodes, so um, clearly the Lord has a lot. To, he always has a lot to say. But just um, but studying His Word is a lifelong journey, and there's no reason is. to rush through it. Absolutely, not at all. Just going with His timing and His leading, and you know, there's so much that we can glean and apply to our lives if we just will truly listen and apply it. So. With that, can I get a volunteer to read in Romans 8, verses 18 through 25, please? I will. All right, I promise. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the, of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation... For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who sub- subjected it subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs until now. Wait, sorry. With burn- birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who are the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grow within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it and persevere eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, I want to open the floor up so each of you can share what the Holy Spirit has given you to to share with us and ask any questions that you have. 
All right. Okay. So who'd like to begin? I do. All right, Layla. Um, yesterday, Mr. Dini had briefly touched on verse 21 when it was talking about creation being um, redeemed, if you will, released from the bondage placed on it when Adam sinned in the garden. And um, I thought you were going to go a little bit further with that. So it was... It interested me because when I was younger, I always thought it was just humans that had to be redeemed. Like creation was just it. It was already glorious. So there was no need for it to be, you know, cleaned up. And it was just humans because they messed up. Well, come to find out when we read chapter eight, that's not true. Because when Adam sinned, he, the sin permeated everything that God created. Now, mm -hmm. it's not the same way with creation as in like the trees and stuff as it is with human because we are made in his image and in his likeness, but it still needs to be redeemed as well. And um, I don't know about anybody else's Bible, but mine had put decay instead of corruption there in the, mm -hmm. in the verse. So also looking at that word was a, was a little bit... Um, different because usually when i see the word um corruption i'm thinking of like corrosion like um rusting metal or something like that but it's actually decay and what um that word brings is like rotting uh flesh rotting vegetables something that is breaking apart and it releases a pretty nasty smell with it when it does so and so we see how god is so merciful and gracious to us to not leave us in that state, but he cleans us up and makes us new. And we get to have the fullness of all of it. So not only is there a new heaven and the new earth, and we're giving a new, a new body and restored back to the community from which we came in fellowship and communion with the Father, but we get to enjoy his creation, what it was before Adam sinned, what it originally was like in the Garden of Eden how the animals were, how the plants and the trees were, and it was back, all of the details were back to what it was originally. So it just, it interested me. So you, that word you're talking about there is actually dulia in the original text. So I remind everybody, I love going back to the, you know, translinear, so you can, you can get those, are free apps, so you can really look at it. Um, I like the way that you're putting that together and i think that's something that we should consider and it's a nice way of thinking about how it will be redeemed and what it will be like and how corruption and corrosion and all these things have had an impact on it but just for clarity the word is slavery and bondage is what the original it's only used in throughout the bible as slavery or bondage in that word there so all right Thank you, Dean. Yeah, because a lot of times, you know, it has different meanings. So, but I, I do think, but I don't want to demean what you were saying by that. I think that's very important. And that's what I like about having different versions of the Bible because they help us conceptualize the impact of the word in different ways. But we want always to also look at versions and make sure we're, we're, we know what the original text was so we can contemplate that as well, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1, actually 1 through 7. I'm sorry, 1 through 8. Let's read that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. It says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. 
For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who, ha- who also has given us the spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So that's talking about us. But as you were saying, Layla, even creation had a a boundary put between it and God, itself and God with sin coming in through Adam's behavior in the beginning. And as as humans tend to be human centered and human focused, we do oftentimes forget about the animals while Adam was walking in the cool of the garden with God. So were the animals. They were out there with the Lord too. So were the trees. They were getting to sense his presence in a way that wasn't distant. So, um, let's see, what is that? Verse 20 says, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subject, subjected it in hope. So when we look back in, in Genesis at, um, chapter three, We see in verse 17, it says, then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree, which I commanded you saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake and toil. You shall eat of it all the days of your life, but thorns and thistles, it shall bring forth to you. And you shall eat the herb of the field and the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it, you were taken for dust. You are and to dust, you shall return. The earth was not even made or created to receive human flesh back into it. So even that is a groaning and agonizing to it. It wasn't made to swallow blood. It wasn't made to put forth thorns and thistles and to be um, cursed and dried. Remember what he said to the ground and, and the first parts of creation Let's look, let's go back to chapter two, I believe of Genesis. Um, wait, let's see. Let's look at verse 24 of chapter one. I'm sorry about that. This is verse 24 it says, then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind. And, and it, and so, it, and it was so sorry. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind cattle, according to its kind and everything that creeps on the earth, according to its kind. And God, God saw that it was good. And then let me find one more scripture. Give me one second. Verse 29. Verse 29. I want, to, I want the verse where he 
brought forth the trees and the herbs, and it produced after its own kind. That's what I'm looking for. Did anybody find that for me? Verse 12, 11 and 12. Chapter 1. Yes, thank you, sweetheart. You're welcome. Verse 11 says, uh, this is Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So God made it to produce, to be good, not to be futile uh, futile and dry or cursed, bringing forth thorns and thistles. That's actually the opposite of what God said to it initially, right? Yes. yes. So, And even that, as men were initially made to be eternal, for the earth now to have to take something dead back into it and process it, that's not what it was designed for. So I thought that was, that was, oh, you got something, baby? Oh, yeah, you see that same, a similar principle, if you will, um, in Haggai, um, chapter two, right? In chapter two, the same things that, that Paul is talking about here in Romans and what you mentioned were seeing explained. He first starts with the coming glory of the Lord's house, right? Which they were building and working on, right? And he also talks in, in this Haggai, Haggai, chapter 2, verse 7, right? I'll shake the nations, they'll come to the desire of all nations, I'll fill this temple with glory, right? And then he goes into everything is mine. But then verses 10 through 14 there's a almost a change in the message right it shifts to the people and what he's saying is the people are defiled and the same principle that you were talking about uh i'll read that uh it says on the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of darius the word of the lord came by haggai the prophet saying thus says the lord of hosts now ask the priest concerning the law saying if one carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and with the edge he touches bread or stew, wine or oil, or any food, will it become holy? And the priest answered and said, No. And Haggai said, If one who is unclean because of a dead body touches any of these, will, these, will it be unclean? So the priest answered and said, It shall be unclean. And then Haggai answered and said, So is this people, and so is this nation before me, says the Lord, and so is every work of their hands, and what they offer there is unclean. So you see, it's because we, the people, and started with Adam, of course, as you were pointing out, became defiled by sin. As a result of that, everything we touched became unclean. And how, this has gone on for how long? The only purifying, refining thing was Christ, his redemptive work on the cross. And yes, he set up as a type and shadow this, the sacrifice of bulls and goats. For a time. For a time. Mm -hmm. But clearly that, that has been done away with. And Christ is the sacrificial lamb. And it's his blood that redeemed us and washes us white as snow, purifies us. Does everybody understand that now? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. And, and we've gone over this, even in this 
this book. Our righteousness is only but filthy rags. So everything that we try to do of ourselves without Christ only defiles the things that we touch. Hmm. Does everyone understand that? Mm-hmm. And, and it's yes. not the first time the Lord brings that up, but he brings it up throughout Scripture. It's for us to understand that. Mm-hmm. These are holy things that we are doing, right? And, and the Lord says it to many of his prophets, especially you know Jeremiah and Ezekiel and, and others, right? But those are two big ones. Learn, he, he instructs the prophets, but it, the message is to us. Teach the people how to separate the holy from the profane or the common. Right? Yes. So just, just to go to your point there, honey, um, just to help us understand, you know, I'll say our place, where we're at, and especially when we are not in line and in the will of, of the Lord. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Yes. So if we look at Genesis 2, 7, this is where God, uh, you don't have to go there, but it's God formed man from the dust of the earth. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know we are. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fine. Well, I mean, because I'm, I'm going to the, uh, you know, the linear, linear again. So okay. the word there is clearly earth, yes. right? So dust, earth, all interchangeable mm-hmm. in the original. So, you know, as Kamisha, as you were um, going deeper into that and, and, and the earth and the, and the taking of uh, absorbing of blood specifically and then even death and decay mm-hmm. of a body that has to be um, now absorbed, right? Just going back to its minerals and all that and be absorbed back into it. And I was just kind of like, well, even still the why did God, you know, punish the earth as it were for man's sin? But I'm wondering if there's a connection there, and if it has any importance. And if not, you you go, you can skip it. But is there any? You think because we were formed from the earth, is that part of why the earth received a curse from our sin as well, or from Adam's sin? Well, I, I do believe that's part of it. Right, Adam. Right, essentially means earth, right, or ground, right. If you look at the Hebrew, <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah. so so there is that. But then, what did the Lord say after He created everything? It is good. It is good, or translated, it is suitable for its purpose. So then we have to look at what was the purpose that we were created for, right? But then after sin entered, right? And and yes, technically it entered the earth, right? Through us, the Lord said very specifically that from dust you came and to dust you'll return, right? So, yes. so that wasn't the part, I'll say, yes, the Lord knew that was going to happen, but that wasn't the, the plan. That wasn't how he designed us and what he created us for, to return back to the earth. That, was, that wasn't it. All that happened under the curse or under sin. But then, again, it's the, what did Christ say? A little leaven leavens the whole loaf. Just a little. Adam was but a speck, right? Uh, David describes man as, what is a man but a vapor? But yet you still consider him. So when we look at that, like in our own lives, like just a little bit of sin doesn't just impact us in our lives. Everything around us is impacted. 
it affects everything mm-hmm. in our lives, every aspect. But then also, others see that. It, and everything that we, we touch, as we were just going over with Haggai, is, is tainted. Only the Lord can sort that out. Mm-hmm. And if you, you look at Genesis chapter 3, Adam's, when, when the Lord told Adam, and, and here's a clarification as well, God didn't curse the ground. Sin is what cursed the ground. Mm-hmm. Sin is what changed it. God doesn't have the curse. The curse is, is what's available outside of him. That's all that there's left. If you're outside of Christ or Jesus, I mean the Father, all there is is the curse. So he was pronouncing to him, this is the result of what you've done. And because he had the specific authority, he is the only one that ha- was able to unlock and open the door for this, um, to come into the earth. Satan was out there lurking in the garden, right? And all Satan ever has is curse. Sin only produces death. So, And, and our Father, or in the Lord Jesus Christ and his spirit, the Godhead, right? Or some people may call it the Trinity, right? But the Godhead only every good and perfect thing comes from above. That's right. Right? The Father of lights, the Lord above, only good and perfect things come from him. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, okay, now I curse you. It was whether Adam understood it or not. He said, this is the result of your actions, your thoughts, your heart, mm-hmm. really. But it's, it's written not to condemn, but so that we can understand the the severity of the impact. Mm, like how, it's not just a little thing. Like when we, when we truly get the Lord's perspective, it's not a little thing. But we, so we can see or understand the magnitude of it, of just a little bit of sin, if you will. Mm-hmm. The, the severe impact it has on, on us and everything around us. It was the authority that God gave him that was forfeited, mm-hmm. that allowed that to come in in a, a different way that was so deep that it literally everything is groaning and travailing at this time. But also understand this. If God knows everything, then he knows everything. So this, the fall of Adam wasn't a surprise. The fall of mankind wasn't a surprise. The, the serpent engaging with the wicked one was not a surprise to him. It wasn't a surprise. So he knew what was going to happen. And Absolutely. because God knows the deep things, he knows the secret things, he knows all the connections, he knows the, the weight of actions, he understood. This is what was going to happen, but we know that Jesus is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So this was already taken care of. It was already paid for in what Jesus Christ would do on the cross and the ultimate plan of redemption, the heavenly community. You know, there's a lot of debate amongst Christians of the bride of Christ is new Jerusalem. And then other people say, well, no, it's the church. Well, I challenge you and tell you it's both. What is a place without its people? What is a people without their place? They're nothing. They're half, they're broken. They're not full. But when Israel came home without the people, the place is desolate. Exactly. And so 
when God rejoins the new heaven and the new earth with the glorified people, that's the heavenly community. That's the bride of Christ that Jesus is looking for. The total picture, the fullness, the whole thing in totality. So he knew that deeper redemption would be necessary to bring all these things back. He knew that deep, deeper restoration because the heavenly community was tainted and corrupted. We see that in the declaration of it in Revelation, where it talks about the dragon when he was kicked down to the earth, drew a third of the angels. Where did they come from? They existed in the heavenly community. There are other beings there as well. We see them, different creatures described throughout the word of God. There's other beings there. And we just read, was that in Philippians chapter four or chapter three? Uh, end of three and end beginning of, of four. Three, yes. What about ourselves? That our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. So therefore, my beloved and longed-for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Amen. So, we've already learned that in, in previous teachings that all of this that's working together, Jesus is doing to present the whole thing back to God the Father without spot or wrinkle or blemish. The entire community, not just people, not just a piece of it, because we know from God's nature and his pattern, he doesn't just do a piece of anything. He does the whole thing. He goes from top to bottom, start to finish, and he wants to redeem all. So looking at this back to Romans chapter eight just shows us the depth of God's perception or his perspective. I mean, the depth of what God is doing and looking at and bringing us back to our home with um, him in the heavenlies. When we do have our, our hope fulfilled, waiting um, for our, um, let's see, verse 25, 24. For we are saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why should one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. And that's our promise of redemption of our physical body, but also of all things that the Father said would be restored and redeemed. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Let's pause there for today and um, allow everyone to have the opportunity to have the Holy Spirit minister to them. And, mm -hmm. and of course, search the scriptures that we've Amen. stated and, you know, um, see if what we say is right. Okay? And, and for those that are are listening and and search it out, if I minister to you or if you have questions, please, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at adayofprayer@yahoo.com or through our website at adayofprayer.org. And with that, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? Oh, yes, I will do it. It's me. It's my turn today. Awesome. Yay. All right, honey. thank you. <laughs> okay. Lord, we just thank you. We appreciate you and your word. We appreciate that all that you're doing is good, God. Your loving kindness and your tender mercies are beyond anything that we can even fathom, God. 
We thank you for bringing us back to yourselves, to yourself, I'm sorry. We thank you, God, for ministering your joy to our hearts, understanding, Lord God, and knowledge of who you are, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you're faithful. You're faithful, God, to generations, generations, Lord, and you never forget the good that you've promised. Our sins you willingly throw into the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. So far have you placed our, removed our sins from us, God, and that you only see the love that you have for us. So forgive us if we have offended you, Lord. Forgive us if we have wronged each other, Jesus Christ, and if we have held unforgiveness in our hearts towards anyone else, Lord God. We forgive them now, and we thank you and ask you to cleanse us from all unrighteousness as you've already committed and promised to do so, Lord, and to cleanse our conscience from dead works because we submit to you and we humble ourselves under your mighty hand, Jesus. We love you. We thank you, God. I ask you for grace and provision to your people, the listeners of this this podcast, Lord God. I, I thank you and I ask you to flourish in them and overflow in them your provision, your destiny for their lives, God. Bring them into the fullness of what that is. Bring them into the fullness of what you mean for them and what you have for them. And let the, the provision, God, flow over into their laps, God. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over have men given to their bosoms, Lord God. Thank you for opening every door that you've assigned to them, and no man is able to shut it. And close the doors that you see and deem appropriate, Jesus. We love you, we thank you, and we bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.